Welcome to the Purpose and Principles podcast. I'm Max Brown. And, you know, by huge demand last week, two of my brothers, we decided we got to do this again. I got Tommy Lee Hayes Brown and Blair Dickens on the show again. Welcome back, you guys. Thank you, Max. Yeah. Yes, it was a great, great show. Um, Yeah, and we've got a lot more to talk about. So We've got a lot more to talk about. Yeah, yeah we do. And, and I want to say, first to... off, Go ahead. thank you for people that are tuning in to listen. And the responses that we've gotten for the first one, we, we want to continue this discussion. I agree. And, and I, I know, agree. Tommy Lee, you had a piece to that. But Blair, specifically what you just said, your Facebook posts are blowing up. We're getting hundreds of downloads and conversations here. Can you just elaborate a little bit about some of the conversations you've had in the past week? And then Tommy Lee, what are you kind of experiencing since we had this first conversation? Well, for, for me, uh, Blair, the, some of the conversations I've had have been, you've experienced that? Mm. Because growing up and stuff, I've always told, I would hear, well, you're so different. And I would say, yes, but no. Mm-hmm. And these people know me, so they could not believe that I've gone through those situations or that I feel that way. And then I've also had some that were not very happy with me. Well, you feel that way? I think you're wrong. We are. We, you you welcome to my house anytime. But they never stopped to listen to the conversation. They just saw the opening lines, and I talked about you know this is about not disrespecting the flag, disrespecting the national anthem, not disrespecting the country because we all are Americans. And, and it was like within minutes of me putting it up, I, I had to happen twice. For the most part, everybody was like, thank you for this, this is great. There were some people that reshared it from my friend sharing it. And it says, it's nice to hear civil conversation because we're getting to see a side that we don't get to experience every day. Yeah. Um, I have one lady that I used to work with and we actually walked back through her entire life. And we talked about things from affirmative action to, uh, to the experience that I felt to whether the family had slaves back in the day. I mean, it was a thorough conversation. We walked through every year of her life almost. And I got to share with her my views and she shared with me her views. And it was a very hour and 10 long phone conversation. Wow. I spent over 10 hours on the phone with people. That's amazing. That's a lot. Or more. That's a lot. That is awesome. Well, and we had some profound things happening. I mean, Tommy Lee, you know, as a few beautiful posts and comments on your post regarding this as well. Anything you would elaborate since our conversation? You know, I, um, I was teasing you guys that you guys had more, you know, interaction than I did. Um, I might have more friends, but, um, you know, the conversations I had weren't a whole lot. Um, but there's actually one that I really want to highlight that was, um, first of all, how do you like my new, my new look? I like your new look. I wish everyone on the audio could see your new look. I have dreads. I have dreads. I'm bald, but you know, I'm living vicariously through this hat and And I'm I'm buying those hats today. A a hug dealer shirt. We all want, we all want one of your hats and your hug dealer. Mm -hmm. You want a hug too. That's beautiful. It's just, it's just who I am. Okay, so I wanted to just get that out of the way. That's awesome. And look how and look how and look you don't even notice it anymore, do you? No, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it but it awesome. makes me smile. I'm not gonna lie. So my kid was like, "So why why are you wearing that?" And I was like, "You know, I just want to drive home the point that I'm the same person as last week. Mm-hmm. I was all corporate with the tie. Not, I didn't Absolutely. Have a tie. 
the shirt or whatever. And so um, I remember what Blair was saying last week about him going to a store dressed in jeans one day and a yeah. suit another and being treated mm-hmm. differently. You know, so if I'm walking down the street with this hug dealer shirt, and I've actually had somebody say to me, why are you wearing a drug dealer shirt? And I was like, can you read wow. it again? And she's just like, oh, I'm so sorry. But Point that's proven. the whole purpose. That's the purpose of the mm-hmm. show. You know, that is yeah. the purpose of the show. So it, anyway, it, I'm just it is interesting, right? Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going, Tommy. I, I do, want, I do so, want to talk about that. Okay. So, I, the, just uh, the one conversation I had. So um, I grew up in uh, Wethersfield, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And I explained this last week that there wasn't a whole lot of ethnic diversity. Uh, African-Americans, there just weren't a lot. So um, the conversation I had this week, a friend of mine, mother died. Sorry about that. Mother died. Um, and they lived in the next town over in Newington. So, um, but their mother died this week. And she was talking about how she felt bad about her mother died. She loved her, her mother. But... Um, it gave her the freedom to really be who she wanted to be. And her mother felt one way about politics. And now that she, both of her parents were dead, she could really just be who she wanted to be, which wasn't that different from where, you know, I don't know if it was liberal or conservative, we didn't get into that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I thought it very interesting that this woman who's the same age as me, 53, and now you can just, now it takes the death of your parent to be who you want to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was something I never thought of. And then she went to t- on to tell me she wanted to apologize for when I was a kid and would come to her house and her mother would always give me plasticware, you know, while the rest of the family had regular silverware. And it was always like, uh, I'm sorry, we, we're out of plates, you know. And that happened three times every time I went over there. And she was like, I want to apologize because my mother didn't want you to um, eat off of our silverware. And I can tell you that now that she's dead. And I just really want to apologize. So we're talking, I was 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about that has hang, hung over her. All that. I didn't even know she remembered that. I remembered it. And I remember telling my parents. And my parents were like, what? I said, like, yeah, every time I go over there, it was just mentioned in, in passing because I'm just 12 or 13, not thinking anything of it. And I just remember my, uh, my mother getting real upset. Yeah. Real upset. And I wasn't allowed to go over there anymore. Right. So this stuff runs deep. You know, Blair, you were talking it about, you, you were talking about, you know, going back, you know, even d- decades and centuries about the, the history with your friend. This stuff mm-hmm. runs so deep. We didn't arrive here today just out of the sky. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a lot of layers built up uh, between, you know, liberals and conservatives, gay and straight, you know, black and white and everything else in between. Mm-hmm. Nothing just arrives. So I just really wanted people to understand that. Um, and that was my big takeaway, is that she had enough courage to be who she wants to be now and enough courage to apologize to me. Something I wasn't looking for, I, I never even thought about, you know, once I got out of that space, but it yeah. still bothers her. Mm-hmm. You know, when you say that, it's, it's interesting because a lot of the people that I've spoken to Mm-hmm. Instantly, when we start having this conversation, but I'm not like that. I'm like, wait a minute, we're not talking about you. We're talking about a culture that has been laid out, you know, for years and years and years and years. And right. so it's not any one thing. Someone actually got on, on, on me too. Do you feel that way? You feel like I owe you an apology? I said, no, I don't feel like you owe me an apology. 
And well, do you feel like someone's keeping down? I said, no one has ever kept me down. However, there have been roadblocks that I do feel were possibly put there in some places, but I'm not, this is not any one person's fault, but it is things that have been put in place that we got to start getting around Mm -hmm. or start taking down. Like someone says, well, I'm, you know, everybody likes different people, doesn't like different things. I said, the prejudice in the world will never go away. Right. Because people are comfortable with people like them, whether you go to the same church, same religion, say you wear the same cologne, you wear your hair the same way. However, the, one of the biggest things we have to do as a people is check our thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, like, of course, when I see someone, I mean, you look, but normally some people are instantly uncomfortable when they see a group of people. Well, maybe you have to gather yourself. I want, you don't have to let your guard down. Mm-hmm. But don't automatically assume that person is out to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's some of the things, even, even I find, my, find myself having to check myself, you know, no, don't so, think that way. So that's what I think this is about. That's why I think this conversation is important because I think there's honesty. When we're honest with each other, mm-hmm. we all stereotype each other. We stereotype, oh, we, we stereotype the way people dress. We stereotype the way people show up. Mm-hmm. We stereotype all kinds of things from an economic perspective. Mm-hmm. We, we, we stereotype all the time, right? So the question is, is what, do those, what are those stereotypes, what are those biases in our mind create for us? Mm-hmm. Do, they, do, they, do they create compassion or understanding? Do they help us to be able to be better or to want to understand that person? Or do they just already automatically type, oh, here comes this kid and I'm going to give him the paper plates? Mm-hmm for dinner. And so he's allowed to eat at our table, but we're going to give him paper plates. Now that's a statement. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know that story, Tommy Lee. I didn't had no idea. You know, in in my family, you know, I I mentioned last week, you know, I have a big family. I have a very multiracial family. Um, And, and Tommy Lee, I know you've adopted a, a bunch of kids too, you know, but I, so I have a black brother. I have a Korean sister. I have several brothers and sisters from Mexico. I have a Chinese daughter. (laughs) <laughs> so, so we're from all over the place. And, and, my, and my brother, his biological father, his, his black father said, well, what's this life like? And he said, why don't you come meet my family? And he invited, my brother invited his, his how, how do I say this? His, his, his father, his genetic father to a family reunion at our house. Nice. And we all hung out and he all of a sudden realized, man, like we can sit together, we can have civil conversation. Now, I know that there are some people saying, oh, Max is doing that white thing now, saying he's got his token black friends. I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about that we need to be honest with each other, mm-hmm. that we, the way we see each other does impact our behaviors. Is that fair? And so now we got to yes. talk about what are those behaviors and what are we doing in our head when we get a bias or a stereotype? When I saw someone begging on the street yesterday, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, when I walked past a bunch of people in LA with my kids and all they, all they smelled was this strong stench of pot and we were walking past people, my, my son was like, I can, we don't even have enough money to help all these people. I said, Drew, we have no, there's no way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what do we do? Yeah. And plus, you know, it, it's so interesting how even the whole pot culture has changed over the years. So now it's not even necessarily about helping people some people on some wrong stuff and some people on things they use it that helps them I, you right know, that's it's, true it's, it's so interesting 
But, you know, when we think about prejudices or we think about the thoughts we have now, a lot of this stuff also has been laid down for generations. This person, watch out for them because they're going to be this. Well, this person, they're instantly not going to be against you. So there's there's a mindset, too, that we have to change. Does that make sense? That's that's been taught over the years. Um, it's, it's like, OK, last week we were talking about uh, Tommy Lee and I talked about how we were taught to respond when we we're pulled over. Mm-hmm. And that's a conversation that came up. So you were taught that as well. Absolutely. Mm. You were taught when you see this. And so I was asked, well, is it the same? Do you feel the same way if it's a black policeman as if it's a white policeman? I said, well, first of all, I don't even know who it is till they walk up to the window. Right. And I said, but still, I'm not I'm going to stay in this 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 mode because I'm still with authoritarian person. And. Like I said, with the whole conversation, not everybody's bad, not everybody's good, but I don't know that. So I still have to be on my best behavior. You right. Know, but. These things are tough. like you said, good people, bad people, every race, every mm-hmm. occupation, you know, you just don't know. And to answer your question, when it's a black cop. For me, and I'm be totally honest, there's a little sigh of relief, but it's very little. Yeah, it's very little. It's a hard job. And like you say, you know, I want to put that disclaimer again this week, Max. We love our men and women in blue. Absolutely. Like yeah. this is not bashing anybody who keeps us safe. Security guards, everybody. Truly. We have deep respect for that job and occupation because you don't know when you're walking up on that, if it's Tommy Lee with four little boys in his backseat, or is it, you know, yeah. uh, Timmy Lee, yeah. uh, fictional name, Timmy Lee with four Uzis in his backseat. I mean, I you, just, you just don't know. You just don't know. So yeah, I have absolutely. mad respect, big yeah, respect. I, I couldn't do it. I mean, that, I mean, that's the hard part, right? I mean, I look at what's happening out on the streets where they've created peace and I, and I feel hope, but where there's still lots of tension and even violence, I don't, I don't know what you say, because if you're a policeman and you're trying to protect people and you're really, you are trying to do the right thing. And we're not, we're, we're, there's a big distinguishing factor here, right? Absolutely. There are, there are some bad cops, but for the most part, that's not the case in my mind. I think for the most part, they're good. But when I get pulled over, my heart still sinks. When I see them sitting on the side of the road, I'm still going, oh, shoot, you know? Right, right. Well, that's because it's going to cost you some money. It's going to cost me some money for sure. But you're right. It is a different perspective. Mm-hmm. It is a different perspective. But I do, I do feel badly for them right now because I, we really need them. And that's a hard job. You know, I, I had this conversation with someone uh, yesterday, you know, about it's not all of them. They're just like anything. There are bad apples and everything. Of course, why it's got to be bad apple? There's a bad orange over there, you know? And... Um, and I told, in a way, I almost felt like, as a whole, they're being scapegoated. And the re- I say this because that's why I keep saying this is more than just them. You know, and I say when I say them, I'm like, once again, I'm gonna clarify myself. I'm not speaking of everyone, but this goes down to a culture, to an idea of what a group of people are. So therefore, it's kind of in the mindset, kind of in the teaching. It is, it's a thing that we have to look at. Everyone regardless of whether you work in authority, whether you work wherever. Okay, I'm jumping back real quick because I told you affirmative action keeps coming up again and again. It's one of the conversations I had the other day. Well, well, what if the person's not qualified? And I first of all, I said, first of all, how do you know they're not qualified? Were you doing the hiring? Did you compare credentials and credentials? 
or perhaps maybe if you saw those credentials, but at one point in time, because once again, people are comfortable with people that are like them. If I didn't kind of make you look at this person, would you have ever considered that person? Mm-hmm. I mean, that still happens in Hollywood today. That's the big thing we've been seeing for a while, you know, especially being in Hollywood and looking at castings and I look at things and, and it will say, it says Caucasian, Asian, ethically ambiguous. And like, for me, I'm like, well, that basically says anything but dark. Mm-hmm. Although I'll look at the description and, and I'll, and sometimes you'll see a script. I'm like, well, why is this particular character does it have to be played by somebody that's nondescript for the most part, a look that can go different ways. And I understand there's markets and stuff, but that's the whole point of everybody's got to get over, which is not going to be easy. I know I'll say that right now, but it's that, um, because that's a lot of risk. That's a lot of risk for the, for the, um, help me Blair, who, who does for the, the company for the client or the company. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's definitely a risk because it's like, okay, well, we could put Tom Cruise in this role. Or we could put, um, I don't know, Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we put Denzel Washington, that, maybe that's a bad example. I'm thinking of, of a, you know, maybe that's a bad example too. I'm just trying to think of a, a black actor that would instantly then now, this is a black movie. Ludicrous. Tyler <laughs> <laughs> Perry. <laughs> you know, and, and, and watch my phone ring. <laughs> and depending, depending, depending on the, um, you know, movie or the market, you know, that's not what people are looking for. Yeah. You, know, you had said something that made me think, I haven't thought about this in years, but um, when I was in corporate America and I was often just two, three of us in a room. Now I'm talking the uh, early 90s. So I'm talking like 91, 92, ni- uh, 1993. Hold on, you're and showing your age now. I know, uh, that's okay. That's okay. I do it for the kids. So, so, you know, we used to have a joke and like we would be in the cafeteria and like, you know, three three people of color would be sitting, you know, standing. Oh, there's three of us, guys. We got to move. One of us got to move because we're going to make them nervous if there's more than three. Now, you know, Blair, now you know you have said that at some point in time. I've said in the last three days. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm telling the truth now. I mean, this is, this is the side that, you know, white America, wait, wait, wait. especially white corporate America may not know. But that is common where we used to know. Again, I haven't been in corporate America in about, I don't know, seven, eight years. But, you know, we used to, like, do that. Be like, okay, you know, there's four of us here. One of us got to go. Or else we don't He's like, it. one is okay, two is okay, three is more, somebody calling the popo. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> and, and that's and it's, it's a joke among us, and, and it's something that I don't think a lot of them know. Yeah. Um, but that's the kind of, I don't know what it's called, coping mechanism. Yeah. And, you and, make fun and of it. fun. Right. Yes. And saying, because you know, it's something that we would see or we're going to perceive is going to happen because it has happened because it's more time. So you start preparing yourself for that. If you're gathering, you start to look. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? What am I perceived as doing? You know, I actually had this conversation. Sorry, I'm, my mind's jumping around. Mm-hmm. Would you believe I would not own a hoodie until the last eight years? Because I would not wear a hoodie growing up because I knew what me and a hoodie could do. And I didn't get up my first hoodie till I was 33, 34, 30, no, hold on, let me do math, 36. So what, was it, what was it that you thought it was going to do? Well, normally one of those things, you know, young black man in a hoodie, 
film at 11. And so I would not wear it. I, if, even if I had anything I that- I don't understand you, Blair. What, what was gonna do, what would you, <laughs> what was the hoodie? I think I know the answer, but you know. I would be in, for me, me like wearing a hoodie. Cool. Let me finish, yeah, finish the thought. <laughs> I felt that me in a hoodie, hoodies on my head, I would be perceived as a suspect. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a, uh, a Trayvon Martin type of yes. thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I mean, I used to get hoodies, like they were bought for me as gifts, but I wouldn't wear them. Or if I wore a hoodie, the hood would never go on my head. It could be 20 degrees outside or colder and the hoodie part the, the, would never go on my head. And I love them now. You wouldn't believe how many I have, but living in Los Angeles where it's warm and day and cold at night, everybody wears them. But yeah. Everybody wears My kids, they, everything is just... But for a long time, mm-mm, no way in the world. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a good thing because the, the stigma has been taken out of it a little, yes, like, like a tattoo. You know, when mm-hmm. I was growing up, there's no way, no way. My mother's like, there's no way you guys will ever get a tattoo. Well, my mother was like 60 something and got a Betty Boop. Well, if you got a tattoo, you I'm just like, tattooed. what? Really? Are you serious? But, you know, back back when I was growing up, people who had tattoos were thugs or ex-prisoners or, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way it was perceived, mm-hmm. you know, and the hoodie thing is the same, same thing. Same thing. Where I think a little bit of the stigmas come out of it. Not entirely, though. Yeah. I think that's true. I think that's true. And so I think what we're trying to do here, and I think you guys, you know, every conversation we have is about helping people to see Mm -hmm. that we can all come from a very different perspective, which we already do. We can grow up in very different ways and have perfectly just reasons for the why for the why we feel the way we do mm-hmm. and yet when we get out we have to understand that boy other people have other perspectives and so i'm speaking now to my to 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 my world my perspective of i grew up in in idaho you know there's not a lot of black people in idaho I, I think my brother was one of maybe a few in our, the, our whole city. And that's because we live in the very rural country. I mean, Blair, mm-hmm. you know, cause you've mm-hmm. been to, you, 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 you had been to my place before yes. back there. Um, and you know, so I don't know, I, I, I grew up very different that way, but I was also taught that, you know, we, we love my whole family. Like my family is my family. Like mm-hmm. I was weeping um, this last weekend because my brother was finally able to join us on a call he hasn't been on those calls, a family call for a long time. And um, I'm so grateful that he, he's doing well and, and he was on the call and we just, I mean, it just, we just, we were all weeping for my brother that was on this call with us this week. And it was, it was so beautiful. And I, frankly, I think at some point I'm going to have my brother jump on this call with us nice. and, and talk about his experience, you know, and, and what he, and what he experiences now. I do think that it is hard to, to know because we don't know sometimes. And Blair, I think you alluded to it. Sometimes we don't know. Was that racism? Was that because they just don't like me? You know, what was it? When mm-hmm. I was, I, I grew up and I, I mentioned, you know, economically, we, 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 we always had food on the table. My mom and dad are amazing. And they always said there's always room for more people at our table, right? Like no one should go hungry ever. And my mom and dad taught us we should take the meal over to the lady next door because she needs a meal before we eat. And, 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 and that's, what we, that's the way we learned to grow up. You know, my mom, 
would be down with foster kids in the basement while we're eating dinner and she's sitting there rocking a kid to sleep who's just been abused mm. oh. and, and, and been beat up. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And so this is, this is how I grew up. So I, I'm not saying that I don't have, I, I know that I only come from my perspective. I know that because this is the way I grew up. But I also believe in good conversations and in good conversations, I learn and I grow. And, you know, when I was at the Parliament of World Religions Conference in, in Barcelona, we had all the world's religious leaders there. I was a facilitator asking them to listen to one another. Mm-hmm. We had Palestinians and Israelis. We had Catholics and Baptists and the Sikhs and the Muslims. And we had the Christians and the Jews. And we had Native American um, traditions and so many beautiful traditions. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was about listening to one another. Mm-hmm in respect listening and learning that's it not Mm -hmm. to judge not to judge and if someone prayed this way we would all in our own way say amen you know Mm -hmm. and then and then we would pray in our way and they respectfully said amen in their Mm -hmm. way and i love that i love that blair you were going to say something tommy lee i know you want to say something so no it just just amazed. Go ahead. You made me think about you saying about, you know, the lady next door didn't have as much and taking her meal. You, you know, you ate, she ate before yeah. you guys ate. And it just made me think about something I read on, on Facebook. It was in a thread and I just could not respond to this one because I think it would have gone down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And it was about, <laughs> let me just go ahead and put it out there because that's what this is about. And so this lady, don't even know her name. I didn't even care to know her name. She said, well, statistically speaking, and I've looked at the statistics, black neighborhoods are just lower money, lower po- is a higher poverty level. So it's going to automatically have a, more, a higher criminal element. And I am just, my head is just exploding. And it made me just kind of think about tax base and the money in one area based on property tax and money in the other area going on, on tax, property tax. Because me, if it's a school system, that stuff should be disbanded versus you get all the new stuff, you get what's left over. And it just, and so it was just nice to hear you say, feeding that lady and just, and that's not about sharing the wealth that that's, you know, that's about, if you're looking at students in a school system, shouldn't students at this school system, I mean, school be the same education as at this school. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know why that's just, just hopped in my head and it's about, opportunity was the opportunity put there for those students to get a better education which would lead to more knowledge which would lead to higher incomes in neighborhoods i i don't know this that just made me go down that spiral that would that would, that would also you know continue gener- generationally because those exactly. their kids their kids are going to have a higher education i mean this mm-hmm. stuff is just like i said we didn't just uh, uh, land here no we just didn't it's land just the, the redlining and property taxes i mean that all determined the way we live today, mm-hmm. you know, the, the property that my grandparents in Youngstown, Ohio, uh, were able to, to afford. You know, he worked with my, grand, my mom, my grandma took care of her seven kids mm-hmm. while he was out working in steel mill. You know, in Youngstown, Ohio, and it's you know, and it's uh, he had a great house. You know, African American man had a you know probably probably about four thousand square feet house. Uh, you know. With seven kids, you kind of needed uh, a lot of space. And, you know, I go there now, and that house, that same house, 
property value is worth about three thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. You can buy the, my grandparents' house for three, maybe five at the most, thousand dollars. And it's just it's just a shame. It's just a shame the way that neighborhood looks today. Mm-hmm. And but again, we just didn't arrive here. You know, yeah. this just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, steel mills closed, people mm-hmm. lost jobs, so people can't cut their grass or people exactly. can't repair their porch. I mean, it's just, it's just a whole, you know, it's just a whole process that, that happened in black or white or otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, poverty happens and it happens for a reason. Yes. I wish I had the, I wish I understood and was able to say, okay, this is how you fix it. And I think there's examples out there of small communities that are fixing it, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and then you have to just think out of the boxes. What we've done before, we know what that yields. Let's try something different. You know, people lost their minds when they're like, Minneapolis is not going to have a police department. <laughs> you know, that was a lot of the, a lot of the news this week. And I didn't even click on it. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I just know there was a lot of angry people about it. I have seen different explanations about that. Because mm-hmm. at first, I'm like, what do you mean defund the police? We've got to have law and order for, for, for a civilized society. I like, I like, I, and we do. And that's why I didn't even click on it. It's like well, other fish to fry somebody story. sent me something. And, uh, and this lady said, well, what we're saying is that taking some of that money from the police force and putting it into vocational training, putting it into more social services, but also the police wouldn't have to do certain things as of, why are the police being the counselors where somebody is more trained to handle with substance abuse, handle with domestic abuse versus show, sending this person? And then if you need them to come in, then you call them in. It's just, so it's, it's been interesting seeing there's so many different things going on. That's why I'm trying to listen and learn, but we've got to have a police force. I mean, that's just. So, you know, yeah, we do. And, and, and I mean, well, one of the comments, and so I didn't read all the headlines either yet, Tommy Lee, but I do want to read some of them at some point. But one of the comments apparently was, you know, I I imagine a world where police are not required. And I'm like, wow, well, wouldn't we all? I mean, boy, wouldn't that be great? But unfortunately, (laughs) people, human nature. You know what I'm saying? And here's the key. And I, I reflected on this like two years ago, is we've all walked through airports multiple times, right? How many times have you been on a PA system, other than all the security things that they say, that says, hey, so-and-so, such-and-such a license, you are now parked illegally and your car is about to be towed and ticketed, right? You remember those? I mean, yeah, we get those on the PA system Absolutely. all the time. Now, Absolutely. here's the interesting thing. No matter how many times they put that on the PA system, no matter how many signs they have at the, at the front of the airport, no matter how many police are out there, I promise you that's going to continue for years and years and years. It still happens to this day. Well, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't announce it anymore. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're just like, just just boot the car. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have time for this. But I mean, I just, I'm just saying that, you know, that's, that's naive response to me. And, and, and and almost a little bit, there was a few things that were said locally for us here today, uh, recently, um, that I think exacerbated racial divides. And there are some people on every side of this. Mm -hmm that could be exacerbating this. It's not just one person or one perspective. I think there are extremists. And I was, I was sharing with you guys, and I, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I think we can have, conservatives and liberals can have good conversations. Mm-hmm. I know we have different politics even here on yes. this line, right? I'm a conservative. 
But but I do believe that the extremists on both sides is it's like a horseshoe on a political spectrum. I believe the end of the horseshoe that the liberal and the and the and the extremists on the right and the extremists on the left are actually back to back with each other, just mm-hmm. facing in different directions. And then there's a rest of us, I believe, on the political spectrum where we kind of sit more around the horseshoe. Mm-hmm. And we're usually not the ones that show up and scream and yell because right. we have full-time jobs and we have families to raise and we got things to do. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that any of those protesters out there today don't have a legitimate reason for protesting either. Yeah. So let me just put that out there for those who are getting angry at this point. I'm not saying that protesting, that's different than looting and rioting. I do think there's a distinction. Right. You know, that really is a distinction. Absolutely. This is something that, you know, what you were just saying about, you know, being conservative versus being liberal, whatever. Like I consider myself, I mean, I'm a moderate, but there's some things that I'm probably a little more liberal than some people. There's some, mm-hmm. some things I'm, I'm more conservative on. Basically, I'll say this, right. don't mess with my money. Right. I mean, I'm tired of being taxed, but of course, <laughs> taxes are necessary to pay for services. I understand that. Yeah. Like the one I'm so happy for, I voted for. So we're finally getting a really decent metro in Los Angeles. But it's making sure those things at the end of the day whether you're conservative whether you are liberal whether you're moderate everybody is fighting to have a better life so why would you deny someone the opportunity to raise themselves up or to do more get a better education and and don't automatically assume because you don't have a job that is somebody some other racist fault i mean one of the things that gets me right now when you look at some of the communities that had mines or had these manufacturing plants or whatever now, there was no particular race or whatever the reason those are not here. That was companies deciding they wanted to find another way to keep more money in their pockets, so they shipped them to other countries, you know, where they call centers to India, where they manufacturing to Mexico, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then people get that idea, well, I don't want to talk to an Indian on the, on the, because, um, you know, they took our jobs. No, we sent those jobs. And when you think about manufacturing jobs, when you think about income levels, or not income levels, education levels, I mean, not everyone, it'll never happen. Not everyone will go to college. I mean, it's just the way it is. But before those jobs were there, you know, for people to work in a factory or textile mill or whatever. Um, and now a lot of this stuff doesn't exist. So people are, yeah, they're hungry. They're looking for a way to better their family. But what it seems like people tend to do, human nature, is find another person to, to put that on, even though it wasn't one particular person. And I think that's also where we run into these, these biases about how, what each other are about. Mm. You know, there was a lot of that this week. And, um, on my, on my personal page, uh, someone had posted, you know, Tommy Lee, one of our high school, blah, blah, is so conservative and he's talking about looting and that, uh, I wasn't class president, but I'm, I was popular. People knew who I was. I kind of stood out, you know, and, 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 Nothing to do with my skin, I don't think. I just think it's my bubbling personality. But, uh, so high school, so in high school, you know, I'm, you know, I think I'm pretty much friends with almost everyone on this, you know, on a surface level. And she was just saying, you know, you'll be upset, da da da, da assuming that, you know, I'm this so far left. And I just wrote it back. I said, people can write whatever they want on their own page. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I really don't. It's just, yeah. I just really care about how you're going to treat me and my family and, and my country. You know, that's, that's what really, I really care about, you know? So if you have, if you've treated me well, you can't treat me well and then 
talk about my race or my community, but I get an exception or my, my Eagle Scouts get an exception. You know, you can't do that because I am part of that, that group that you're. So I remember one time in high school, a very, very, very good friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, uh, we were in the same homeroom. And so you have like 15, 20 minutes before, you know, they take attendance and you all scatter to go to your class. And uh, she had gotten, it's either she or her mother or somebody in the family got in a car accident. And we were all sitting there talking about the car accident. She's like, you know, and you know, they were black, you know, you know, nothing like you, Tommy Lee. These, these were just, you know, you know what kind of black people I'm talking about. Oh, and, then, that and then she proceeds to just go on. And I'm feeling like, really? K was her name, initial. <laughs> really, K? Uh, okay, so, and I'm, and I'm like 16, 17, and I'm just trying to navigate, not, not sure what this very good friend of mine, you know, and it almost, it almost catches you off guard. And you got to kind of take a minute and be like, did she say what I said? You know, paper plates, how come every time I get paper plates? Yeah. Like, it just, you know, you don't really realize, for me, this is my experience. But Tommy Lee, I wasn't really in tune and my parents weren't really in tune. You know, tell me if you got this, Blair, you know, you're not going to school for you. You're representing your race. Mm-hmm. You have, you've got to work twice as hard to get half as much. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you are not going to be acting up or cutting up in class because this is the only black piece of person that yeah. people are going to see. And you better walk away with a good experience. So I wasn't allow- allowed to like, you know, joke with kid or bring home bad grades or do anything like that. Not that anybody, a parent wants that for their kid, but I didn't have the freedom to just be who I was because I was, I was representing you the were. race. Yeah. And well, you know, I, I hadn't thought about that though. That just makes me think about those conversations with my dad or whatever about, you know, because they're looking at, and, and you would hear that they're looking at you because, you know, they're judging other people based on your actions as well. You know, do you all act like this? And so that was always one of the things I've done in my entire life to make sure that I, quote unquote, did not fit any particular stereotype. And which takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of energy. You know, my thing was I was trying to be like them. So I just wanted to be like them, mm -hmm. you know, in high school. And I and I just, you know, I wasn't even trying to. Uh, looking back, you know, just stupid. I just wasn't trying to embrace who who I was, and mm-hmm. I think if, I told a lot of the, my parents. My parents, a lot of stuff I did or said or let slide by, like that comment. I didn't address that with initial K until like a year later. I said, "Do you remember such when you had that car accident? What did you mean? They weren't like me, <laughs> you know." And she's like, "I said that. I didn't say that." Or I, or I remember we had a pool and we, one of the exercises, we had to go down to the bottom of the pool and swim class and grab a brick and bring it back up. And I didn't know this till like two, three weeks later, my friend's like, you know, the teacher was telling us that your bones are, are heavier. So it's going to be harder for you to get that brick. I was like, when did she say this? I was like, she's like, oh, when you were down there getting the brick. She was telling, telling us, you know, Tommy Lee's going to have a, a tough time because his bones are heavier. So I'm not sure if he's going to be able to bring up that brick. And I was so mad. I was like, why did the teacher say that? Well, Tommy, let me help you out. Tommy Lee, let me me give you one more. You're so so Uh (laughs) well-spoken. I need a minute. I need a minute. Oh, God. (laughs) 
Yeah, the word, you know, because that's what I would get all the time. Well, you, you know, you're so well spoken. You don't sound like other black people. You don't. (laughs) You don't. (laughs) I know. Well, because, because I'll admit I've gotten that from another black person. You know, there was a, there was a role I went out for and this director, he says, you know, you're a great actor and all, but you're, you're not black enough. You need to put a little more black on the floor. Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> well, when I pull my pants down and look at my behind, is I don't know how I'm not black enough. <laughs> I mean, that's just keeping it real, right? <laughs> I'm saying right here. Sorry, family show, family show, uh, family show. <laughs> you guys, here's the thing, right? Let's with the few minutes we have left. I'm I'm glad listeners have wanted to engage in these conversations, and I'm hoping, I'm literally hoping, that today people are feeling like we can have civil thoughtful conversations with one another mm-hmm. that should have been having should have been happening for decades and decades and 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 yes misjustices racism still exists in this world it does and if we don't talk about it we will not change it and Absolutely. that's what these conversations are about when i hear your stories when i hear your perspectives when you know no one talks to me about the way i pronounce mm-hmm. no one talks to me about that they don't ask um, you a question Right? Like no one's talking to me like that. I don't feel that pressure. I don't feel that like you guys are describing. And so now I have felt other things, right? I I mean, I did grow up economically disadvantaged. I paid for my entire college education, any of my college I paid for. And I paid for all of it. And I worked from 6 a.m. till 3 p.m. Or I'm sorry, I went to school from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. From 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. I worked. Every day, I didn't go to the football games. I didn't go to any of the stuff because mm. I had to work. And, and, and I still took out a loan and paid back my loan, right? Like I didn't, I didn't drive a nice car. I didn't have nice clothes. I mean, I, I just focused on my job, what I had to do to get it done. And I asked for a, a Pell Grant, right? I got a Pell Grant because my, I qualified because they look at your parents and they say, hey, how much can your parents support you? And I got this Pell Grant. Well, the guy go into the Pell Grant office and I said, he said, how much money do you have in your savings account? I said, $500. He said, well, then I have to give you $500 less on the Pell Grant. Mm. I said, are you kidding me? So if I would have spent that $500, I could have got the other 500. He said, yeah. So I could have owned Wait a minute. stereo okay, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there, the incentives, the incentives are sometimes screwed up too, right? But I'm just saying that there are different, there's economic perspectives, mm-hmm. there's yeah. racial and ethnic perspectives, mm-hmm. and, there's, and there's, there's just so many perspectives. When I think about diversity, I think about it as more than just being black and white. Is that fair? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely, that is fair. Because it, it is. I mean, the socioeconomic is something that a lot mm-hmm. of people, so for example, I did um, some private contract work this week for yeah. a, uh, a company, and I was like, this looks great, you know, sexual preference, ethnicity, whatever. I said, but, you know, we need to add socioeconomic. And they asked me why. And I was like, oh, my gosh, really? Really? You don't, there's, there's, because we want to make sure that we treat poor people, people who are at a disadvantage, you know, monetarily, the same as the one with the silver spoon in the town. I mean, there should be no difference on how they're treated. And that's why I want to put that. Oh, I never thought about that. You know, well, that's why I'm here. You know, you know 
what's so interesting right now, what you just said, Tom Lee, with what we've gone through with this COVID thing, a lot of people have just realized what it's like to not have money. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a check coming in. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't have savings out there. You don't know if you, well, I've never been on unemployment before. How does that work? I've never had a food stamp card, EBT card. How does that work? Yeah. And, and, you know, people say, well, we don't need social system. Well, you needed it right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that also helps people understand why we have to fund those things, why those things are available. And it's not just about color, even though a lot of people would say, oh, black, they must be on welfare. That is, you know, but it's not, there are poor white families. There are, there are people that need those things as a matter of how do you regulate them and, you know, and all that kind of they're stuff. It's not taking advantage. Hey, there there yeah. are a ton of schools. My wife is a school, uh, she's a professor now, but she was a school teacher. Now she's a teacher of teachers. And in our, in our area where we live, I mean, come on, how, do, how, do, how does a place where I live have all over a hundred foster kids in one family? Mm-hmm. There's plenty of abuse. There's plenty of issues. There's plenty of starvation. And, and, and in our area, my wife goes to schools where most of the school, um, most of the children are on subsidized lunch. Mm-hmm. And that's how you measure economic yeah. status. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if they can't even afford lunch, they know. So this is, these are big dialogues. And I agree with you guys. Now, I also think that if the social incentive for staying on welfare is so good that it's better to stay I there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Then to go get a job. Okay. Prime you know what out. I'm saying? Right now with, with COVID and plus, you know, with, with, with the CARES Act and everybody getting an extra $600 on top of um, the unemployment thing, there are some people right now on unemployment. Of course, that's going to go away at some point. They're making more money on unemployment than they did in their regular job. So people are trying to quit their jobs right now because it right. would be a substantial, hand, not handout, but a help. And if and no. if their boss got the and if their boss got the assistance to pay them on the salary, I'm hearing that they're actually angry because they would have made more on welfare than their mm-hmm. original paycheck. So they're yeah. like, "Why did you do that to me? This I was making more money on welfare." Yeah, yeah. Like said, this this is the first time in my life I've ever had an unemployment check in my life. I had never even applied before, and thank gosh it was there. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because you know I had two jobs, and uh, I think it was March 15th. You know. Um, I, I have a store on Amazon and they yeah. stopped the shipping uh, only pandemic items. Mm-hmm. So, so third party uh, ship like, and that's how I, you know, so Amazon prime and get it in two days, which I guess is more like two weeks back then. Yes, now. But anyway, uh, and so that was like, let's say March 15th and then March 16th, March 16th, I lost my second job. You know, they, they let me go, uh, you know, until sometime late summer or fall, you know, furlough. For like, so, you know, it's, and so I'm crying to my dad and just like, you know, what am I going to do? And, you know, I haven't saved enough. And, you know, what my dad, my dad was just like, Tony, just be grateful that at 53, this is the first time you've never had a job. I've always had a job, always, mm-hmm. you know, and here I'm at 53 sitting, you know, wailing because I'm looking at the future and it doesn't look too bright, but there's so many people that have had to deal with this so many times before now. Mm-hmm. And I am grateful that at 53, I never had to do that. I figured it out and, and we're, we're still standing and it looks like things are on the, you know, Amazon, you know, let us go back to selling and we're good. But, you know, to lose two jobs in two days, it kind of makes you go when you're used to just working, working, working. Yeah, I know. You know, it just makes you step back and be like, okay, even me, who I'm supposed to be so sensitive and in tune and diversity guy, 
or whatever, I now have better compassion when people lose their job. Yes. yes. And, and, and are trying to feed their families. Even though you may not be poverty strict, you know, you may, but that is still, it's a bad sinking feeling when you cannot or, or think you cannot provide for your family. Mm-hmm. It's no a terrible where feeling. Where you are on that curve. Can, can I share one more thing that yeah. I don't want to miss this because now as you've seen the news, you know, Black Lives Matter, all that, that's going global now. So actually I got into a conversation with okay. a friend in, okay. in London. Mm-hmm. So he says, yeah, my mom and I went back to our original neighborhood where I grew up and there was not a single white face. So he's, and he's like, okay, I'm asking this. I'm not, please don't attack me. He says, well, is it that, do I need to look at starting a museum to, to teach, you know, more Cockney? Is that being lost? And so why are there no white people here? And so we got into the conversation of white flight. Now, I know some may not agree with me, but one of the things that I've seen in my own neighborhood growing up, the neighborhood we moved into where my mom still lives today, when we first moved in, we were one of the only black families in the neighborhood. And then as a few more black families would move in, the white families would disappear. And I told him, I said, that's kind of what happened in your neighborhood. As one person moves in, somebody else moves out. Like I said, there's more than three now. And, and then I had to tell him, I said, it's not that your culture is lost. It just shifted to another location. And he's like, oh, I never really thought about it that way. And I said, even if we come back and we have a renaissance and we all live side by side in neighborhoods, we still don't lose who we are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people are so afraid of, too. It's like, okay, well, you know, white people are this, black people are that. And, and like, no, we still know, we still maintain our identities. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, but the whole white flight thing, he says, I never thought about that. I never heard that before. And people were tearing him up for asking this press. This, he says, that actually makes a lot of sense. I just had to put it out there because it, it, it was something that even this got from the other, from the other side of the pond. But, but right. it's just things that, that, seen through the years whether perceived or not are are true but that's that's the appearance that that's what it looks like yeah well these are the conversations that we have to have and we have to hear each other's stories and i hope that i hope that listeners again today will feel like wow that's another perspective i didn't consider and even if it doesn't change a perspective at least it's a new perspective you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. We're listening. We're That's listening. what we need to do. We're listening, and and I think you nailed it, Blair. And uh, the conversation that you had is like you know, I with with your uh, friend across the pond is you know I just really want to know, and I don't want to you know, it almost feels like um, white people. And I know Max, you're the you, you represent all white people of the world. You have the answer to this question, but it feels it feels like um, they uh, you know. Almost, I think I shared a, I shared a comic that said, you know, uh, it was two uh, black women. And I think it was the New York Times ran it. Two black women and the phone is buzzing off the hook. She's like, oh, don't pay attention to that. You know, that's all my white friends checking in with me, acting like racism is new. And I got, and I got that this week and last week. I got all these inbox messages from Facebook I haven't even looked at. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, yeah, I appreciate you checking on me, you know, but also also feel like um, it's mostly positive. I think it's a positive yeah. thing because they, they reached out, but I just, I'm not the spokesperson for black people. But see, you know, I'm gonna tell you, I was upset I, because they didn't reach out to me. Mm. Mm. 
Because with everything going on and the tension and stuff, and of course, it's not for them to take care of me or it's not, I'm not looking for an apology or anything like that. It was, but it's still one of those things, the one thing, this one tense moment that everybody's in the world is happening. It was, this is not, you know, it was like, it was, I, was, I was waiting for people because there's some celebrities, some people that I've been hearing and it actually upsets me because people say, well, don't talk, don't ask your black friends. See, searching your soul for whatever, but how do you know if somebody does, does not share with you what their experiences are and what you see from this side? Like I would say, my friends, I want to know yours, you know mine. And for me growing up, I feel like I've kind of walked in both worlds because mm-hmm. most of my activities, I mean, I grew up in Boy Scouts. There were not many black people in Boy Scouts back then. I mean, still, or, or in my troop anyway. And I've been there, I've seen, I know what it's like to grow up in my neighborhood, to go to my church, my friends here, my friends there. So I've kind of, I understand a lot of things and it's been, uh, yeah, my train of thought is, but yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, no, but I like, but I like what you just said. And I, 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 because, because that's the key. Here's the, here's the challenge, Blair, is that I, I have heard the same criticism. And so it's challenging because there are some of my white friends who say they've reached out to their black friends and they got in trouble for doing so because now they said, oh, now you want to pay attention. Oh, now you want to have this conversation. And so then they thought, oh man, maybe it's safer not to have these conversations. That's the problem. We're not having the conversations because if we don't have it, it's the same thing we've done year after year after year. It is uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, I've had some uncomfortable conversations in the last few days. Right. But I'm doing it. Because at first I didn't know what to do for the first few days. I really was struggling. Right. I was, right. you know, funny. I was too. I was very, I was struggling. It took you know, a while to watch the video, you know, and and I think the dog walking videos the same week. They were close. Yeah. Oh, the dog walking video tore it tore it tore me apart. Actually, that yeah. really hit me. Yeah, and so you know, it was like all this, you know, and again, like a snowball. The momentum is, you know, it's 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 awesome. And well, and I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm I'm glad people are reaching out. I'm not gonna like mm-hmm. bite your head off. If, yeah. if you sincerely want my opinion, but just understand it's just my opinion. It's Tommy Lee. Now, I, in, my, in my head, whatever is in my head is correct, and everybody should abide by the rules that I make. That's it. But That's you, it. you just need to understand I'm not, the, I'm not the spokesperson for every black person in America. Exactly. And if I'm your only black friend, then you might want to widen that net and get a bigger, bigger, uh, bigger sample. And vice versa. And vi- Thank you. Absolutely. You know, that's that's one thing that I do want to say, and this is for for listeners. This is not just about you know white listeners listening and thinking about what black people mean. It's like we all have to think about this now, right now. The reason why this is so much because this something's going on and 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 on. Mm-hmm. It's not that anybody's ignoring anyone, but right now this is just right. trying to you know to oh yeah. The, no, the I agree with you. Downs over hundreds of years. I agree with you. So the conversation is important, but it does go both ways. We all got to have this conversation. We we still have to acknowledge that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, even the awkward positions like my, my sister growing up, you know, uh, from Korea, people would try to come up to her and either not want to date her because their families wouldn't allow her to, to allow them to, or would try to say, so where are you from? And she would play with them. I mean, she is so smart and so I mean, she's, and she's just, just, she's so clever and she's got this great spirit about her. So she would never let it phase her, but she would always say, well, what do you mean? I'm from Idaho. What do you, what are you talking about? She's <laughs> pushing them. She's like pushing them, you know? Oh. 
and like second question, third question, and and there's, she's still like, "What are you talking about?" Like, Main I don't street. get what you're talking Main about. Street, right. you know? yeah, this, yeah. Gives, yeah. this just gives me flash. <laughs> I mean, just just all sorts of stuff in my head. Sitting in Australia, you know what I'm and I was like, "So, what part of Africa are you from?" I'm from the states. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it. I mean that's it, right? My 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 son, he gets very protective of of his sister, who's from China, mm-hmm. and he gets very protective because he's like, "Dad." Are you saying, because he hears some of the headlines, he's like, are you saying that they're trying to kick people out that don't look like us? Mm-hmm. He asked me that. And he asked me, he goes, are you saying that on Lee, my sister could be kicked out of the country? He goes, that we wouldn't let that happen. And I had to talk to my son. I had mm-hmm. to talk to my son about what this means to all of us. Yeah. And that we have a responsibility to be thoughtful to each other. True. And we have to be mindful of each other. And he goes, well, why is it that sometimes people want to touch her hair? You know, why is it that people want Curiosity. to just touch her skin sometimes? Mm-hmm. You know, but, but, but I, I share one of, those, one of those stories. I share a story about me living in China when a little girl just come up and wanted to touch my hair. And, she, and I don't have hair on my head for listeners, you know, if they don't know that already. But, but the, she did want to touch the hair on my arms and she wanted to talk to me because mm-hmm. I don't look like the people that she mm-hmm. usually sees in her world. I was a way far away from, from anywhere where there would be another person that looked like me. Mm-hmm. And so these conversations, you guys, are so important. I am so grateful that we could have these conversations. Now, for all of our listeners who are wondering, is this going to continue? Yes, we think it has to continue. We don't know the platform yet because we want to be thoughtful about what this looks like. But mm-hmm. I think these dialogues and, you know, just having these conversations with you guys warms my heart. It makes me Absolutely. feel like a better human being as I learn and listen together. And if we can model that for other people, I would wish for nothing more mm-hmm. than exactly. to model that we can have civil conversations even when we disagree. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And by the way, curiosity and questions are how we get to know each other. Yes. And at yep, the end yes. of the day, I want to tell everybody we're all Americans on that. Well, from this chat channel, because we have people listening worldwide, too, because trust me, I've seen it in a few we places. Do. We do. But that's the one 30, thing. 34 countries so far, Blair. 34, 34, 34 countries. Bravo. Wow. Also, that's right. You, get, you see that in the Matrix. Not the, yeah, well, not the movie, The Matrix, but the whatever yeah. the stuff is. <laughs> that's so, right. No, that's that that's that, that's what I want to just point out too. So from this side in the U.S., we are all Americans. It's not your America. It's not his America. It's our America. And that's one thing that I've gotten that conversation about the whole flag thing and the NFL. Well, there's a whole nother, well, That's a whole other show. But that's what I want people to realize. Yes, that yes we are different. Yes, we've yeah. gone through different things. There's some things that we need to continue to work on to realize, but we might like different things, but at the end of the day, we are still the same. So please stop and think and be open and it should be the same. Yeah. And we have to say equal protection under the law. I want to make sure that it is equal protection under the law. We can can disagree. That's fine. Oh, please. On on our opinions, but as, as human beings and, and friends and brothers and sisters, I mean, who wouldn't want to, who would not want to be friends with us? You know? So it's just like, <laughs> you know, you know, who wouldn't want to be friends? So yeah, let's just, let's just, uh, we can agree to disagree, mm-hmm. but don't attack anybody. I mean, why do you want to attack someone personally? And you had the key, Max, when you were talking about your son, you got to make sure that your kids, that this message 
this message gets to our young people because yeah. Max, your son, might be a police officer pulling over my son. That's right. You know? Or my or, son. Or your son pulling my son over. Oh, that's what I was just going to say. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Say. Cut me off, Max. I apologize, my brother. <laughs> my son could be the police officer or the college admission professor who, who your son, you know, you know his, his application comes across his desk. You know, there's just a, you know, and so we've got to make sure that our kids, our kids understand this message. I mean, yeah, we got to understand it too, but as each generation goes on, we got to make sure yes. our kids really know what's going on and don't shield them from it because if they don't experience other people, then, you know, shame on us. Hey, I told my kids to that. I mean, seriously, what you just said, I, 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 got, I got tingles like all over my body when you said that, like the goosebumps were, I, yes. I had that effect on people. Yeah, uh, You right. did it. You did it. You did it. <laughs> Because because you're right. And and I did tell my kids, we had dinner the other night and I said, guys, I just had a really good conversation with two very good friends that I think you guys need to know about. And and they and I told them before that, hey, we're gonna have a very we're gonna have a conversation that's very difficult. And they want to know why are those difficult conversations? Mm-hmm. And it's because because everyone has an opinion that that might attack us or whatever. Here's the thing: in a Facebook or social media world, we have relied too much on sound bites and confirmation bias to just yep. agree with our little world. Absolutely. Our worlds have gotten smaller and smaller, not bigger and bigger. Exactly. And I think one of the best ways to reduce prejudice and and frankly, um naivety and and um uh, just, just just ignorance in general is when we have better conversations and frankly when we travel and meet other people mm-hmm. again this is exactly why i feel so strongly about taking my kids to different types of church and worship yes. services because i want them to have a different experience i want them to see how other people worship i want them to see that well, well dad why well, what happened here why why does everyone look so different than us let's talk and did mm-hmm. you just feel welcome here? Yeah, I did. I felt really welcome. I said, yes, isn't that a beautiful thing? Exactly. That we can actually talk to people and that even though we don't get an opportunity perhaps in Idaho to be able to go to a black Baptist church, mm-hmm. we can go find those type of opportunities. I'm literally creating one of those opportunities right now. We're going to fly to Detroit. I'm taking my whole family to Detroit. We are going to go to a specific service um, that we were, we've, we've been lining this up for months now. COVID just threw a huge wrench in it, but otherwise we would have already done it. So I am going to be very purposeful about creating experiences for my family where we learn and we grow, period. Absolutely. That's, that's, that sums it up. And that, that sounds like another show where we have some kids on the show. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. And, the kid, and kids definitely have opinions. And I'm, I'm a big listener to kids. Yes, they do. I listen to what kids say because there's a lot of wisdom in, uh, out of the mouth of babes, I think it is. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. where, where and a lot of truths. A lot of truths. Yes. And, and, and I do a lot of apologizing because mm-hmm. my, kids, <laughs> my kids will pull me up and I was like, yeah, but this is what I want them to do. <laughs> yeah. oh, there's stories about that of things they've said to, to people in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep, and I, and I love it. I want my kids to have an opinion, even if it's different than mine. Max, yep. I want to get this out before we sign off. I want to make sure you tell your kids that you spoke with your fun friend today. <laughs> well, you know what my mom said? My mom and my dad all listened to this show, and they said, you didn't tell us you were going to have a show with Blair. So you got uh, <laughs> Oh, they ain't seen nothing yet. I got to meet your parents. You exactly. Know. You do. Tommy they Lee. Will never, they will never think I'm, about Blair again. 
<laughs> well, they will if you wear that hat. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the hat off for no, them. You know, no, 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 no. For their parents, you know, no, literally. No, no, no. literally. When this is literally. over, when this COVID thing is over, we do need to get together because you know what? That's how we model this. That's how we model these ways. And we're going to keep these conversations going. Yes. And my, my parents, they listened to the show. They loved it. And, and so did so many other people that reached out to us. You know, Tommy Lee, we had a few people from our former work experiences that reached out in some beautiful, beautiful tributes as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking of um, from Recognition International, you know, yes. and, and, and things like this. And, and Blair, I mean, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just been so much fun. I am so grateful for that. I am so grateful for what Tommy Lee, you just said. Our kids, they will be working together in the future. And mm-hmm. we are doing this because we care about what happens in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love you guys, that's man. Why we, that's why Likewise. I love you more. Sorry, you can't help it. <laughs> I think I, I just I love think, me. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I think, I think I'm the elder. I'm the elder in this group. Right? Yes, you are. How many gray hairs on there? I'm the, I'm the elder in this group. I know I'm older than you, Blair. You guys are the same age, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm the elder. So respect your elders. I love There you. we go. All right, hug dealer. All right, hug dealer. That's who I am. That's who I am. Hey, to all, all right. our listeners out there, thank you for letting us do this again. And we do want your feedback. We do care about it. We are listening to it. And frankly, we're not going to stop these conversations, but we invite you to contribute on the social media that you're seeing with us. Call us up if you got our numbers. If you don't, comment on the social media Facebook pages. We want to continue these conversations as long as they're thoughtful and meaningful mm-hmm. in a way that actually adds value to these conversations. Exactly. We're not, you Just know what I'm saying? Respectful, respectful in your posts. That's all. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, please be respectful. We're not, we're not looking to try to create fa- uh, you know, fights and hate. Frankly, I, I don't respond no. well to them in my I Facebook fa- page, right? Because I don't have room for that in my life right now. There's enough hate out there. There's, there's enough right. hate. And that's what we're trying to get past. Yes. Kind of get a hallelujah. Hallelujah, brother. I'm with you, man. We are with you. Everyone's raising their hand right now. You guys, thank you for this. Thank you for this show. Let's do it again. And listeners, thanks again for listening to another episode on Purpose and Principles. We're going to keep you updated on what this is going to look like in the future, but these conversations will continue.